Hello and welcome to episode number 123 of The Heart of Teaching. I'm Nathan Rivers, and today's episode is entitled Sneakerheads. If you know anybody in the community that's making a difference, send us a DM on Instagram. We'll shout them out in an upcoming episode and explain their impact on the community. This week, we'd like to offer our condolences and recognize the late great coach and lacrosse supporter in the New West community, Mr. Vince Toth, who passed away suddenly last month. Vince was one of the best and left a huge footprint for others to follow. He was a kind, generous, caring person who will be sadly missed. Rest in peace, Vince. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to The Heart of Teaching. I'm Dave Ruzicki with my producer and my great friend Nathan Rivers, and thanks for joining us today. In this episode, I've got a, a fun conversation because I touched back with one of my former students, and he's currently in grade 12, and he's the business owner of Untouched Collection, and his name is Spencer Costanen. I think the last time we talked was in episode 85 about his business. And since that time, his business has continued to grow. And he's actually become one of the most successful and one of the best sneaker restoration companies in the nation. So in this episode, we talk everything sneakers and pop culture. So if you're a sneakerhead like Spencer and I, this is the episode for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And we're recording. You ready to roll, Spencer? Yeah, we're good to go. Okay. So last episode... It was, we had you on and it was months and months ago, it would have been episode 85 and we talked about your, your business in the sneaker world. So how's business today? How are things going for you? Uh, it's going really well. Uh, thanks for having me by the way. And I've noticed I've kind of evolved more out of the selling and buying, although I still sometimes pick up the occasional pair and sell it. I've gone mostly like entirely all over to the restoration and cleaning side because that's taken up a like, significant amount of my time I've been doing that like I could have anywhere from 20 to 30 pairs per week and then I'd pick up a few more on the weekend and then be busy for the next two weeks it's a it's a lot it's big time consuming projects that take a while wow so you've really grown since uh, last uh, last we spoke right yeah, I've grown, there's, I've kind of at the point now where I don't really have to do any client outreach. They kind of know by word of mouth and referrals and most, and a bunch of reoccurring customers or clients rather that just come back and like, oh, I need another pair done or my mom needs this done. My buddy needs this done kind of thing. Wow. So is it all local? Or are you still getting uh, product from the United States, people sending you stuff, their, their kicks? Most are local. I'd say probably 80%, although I do get those oddball Toronto, GTA area, and a few packages from the States. There hasn't been too many just because people are like, I don't know, I don't want to spend $20, $30 shipping right. to ship my $400 shoes and then get a $100 restoration. And they just think it's a little bit too much money. Yeah. Although... Yeah, I'd, I'd get it with them, but you got to get it fixed no matter what. So what's the most expensive pair of sneakers you've worked on? Like the most collectible ones? Sort of the grail, like the sneaker. Most collectible ones would be Easy 2 Red Octobers. That was a pair that I worked on a few months prior to our last, our last call we had. And those are going for about fifteen, twenty thousand, depending on size and condition. <laughs> so you worked on those? Yeah, and it's funny because even a few, like I was just looking at them, and I was like, "These are a twenty thousand dollars shoe, and I'm doing fifty dollars worth of work on them because they only needed a little, a little paint touch up." Yeah. But even that. You have to, because most uh, paint, paints on Jordans and other Dunks and all the other shoes, you can't yeah. just buy a paint from a, a store or whatever. You have to know how to color match and mix a yellow to make it lighter and this kind of thing. 
you have to find out a perfect match to them and that's that's an even longer process than actually painting so these Yeezys how come they're so expensive like it's just there there weren't a lot issued or what's what's the deal with these yeah, it was partly the quantity issued as well as I think it was specifically only released in a few places. Yeah. As well as that was well, prior to Kanye being a Yeezy or a part of Adidas, yeah. he was with Nike and he released the Yeezy 1s and then he released the Yeezy 2s and then after the Yeezy 2s, he went back over to or he went over to Adidas. Yeah. And then Started making his Yeezy 350s, 700s that we all know today. But the Yeezy 2s were his last shoe with Nike. So he's he's been, uh, he's shut down with Adidas. And that's because of all the controversy about his statements and things, right? I mean, he's <clears throat> he's been out there and said some, some bad stuff. Like, it, it's got to hurt his brand. So I'm just wondering, is there an effect out as a result of, you know, him being out there and saying some things that are just politically incorrect and just, I mean, he's, it's just wrong, right? Is, are there people still purchasing the product or does it have no impact on the shoe at all? Well, actually to that point, there's retail stores like Foot Locker, JD Sports, that kind of thing. Yeah. None of them are allowed to or order any more Yeezys. They don't have any in stock. They'll never get any more. But as of the secondhand market and like those like Yeezy Red October kind of things, those have kind of stayed price. Yeah. If not, some of them have gone up a little bit. So it hasn't really affected it in too much of a way because I think not a lot of people know that the shoe is by Yeezy and like just because Kanye said something that I don't like the shoe anymore. Like they like the shoe. So they're going to buy the shoe and the prices have relatively stayed the same, if not gone up like a little bit. Okay. That's interesting. Now Adidas uh, cut their ties with him too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, like he's done with Adidas. Yeah. Adidas, they uh, destroyed his contract and also with Balenciaga, he's gone. What's the, okay. I don't know the other, the other creator what's the story with him I, by the way I, I like the idea that they i'm what what kanye said and all that stuff i'm glad adidas took a stand and said you know we we don't need that kind of representation what's the uh, scoop with the other designer what happened with that uh, i'm not sure what happened with the other one but i think he was working kind of like with kanye oh. and he was the creative designer i believe yeah yeah and he he was kind of like, no, that's like not okay. Got it, got it. His uh, now is Kanye. Didn't he? Is he starting his own clothing line now? I heard rumors of that. Is that what? Sort yeah, of... I don't remember the name of it, but he did have some kind of not socially acceptable symbols and a few that had relations to pastimes, like in. World War II and that kind of thing. So where it's, I wasn't aware of that. So you mean his clothing line, like the one he's starting, yeah. have got things that are like really controversial and inappropriate? Yeah. Oh. It's not blatantly obvious, but a lot of people have been like, oh, it's it's really close, which oh, is... Oh, dude. Like, oh my yeah. gosh. At what point do you look in a mirror and go, you know, this isn't cool. Like, who am I, right? Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And he's lost. He's lost. Well, he was a billionaire because of his easy con his adidas and nike contracts yeah since then he i think he's lost a significant amount that put him under a billion yeah he's he's still not hurting for pocket change that's for sure wow you know what i just i just want to move away from him i guess hey so we know about the the uh the sneaker market it's going crazy actually since last we talked um what are the shoes that are trending right now? What are kind of the kicks that are that are uh, up and coming, or the, or the ones that are the you know the go to? What do you think? Kind of still the top kind of ones that are still kind of riding off of a hiatus from last summer. The New Balance like five fifties, nine nineties, and of course you're like dunk lows. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna. More... I, I'm just excuse me. I, I'm just gonna stop you right there because this is. The, I got to tell you, the New Balance, my dad's 96. We went out and bought a pair of shoes for him that fit a New Balance. Like, 
what's the thing with the new balance? Help me out here. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like, but I'm looking at the shoes and I'm just, how did they become so popular? They're my dad's shoes, right? So how did they become trendy? That's exactly kind of how they became trendy. It's like, <laughs> oh, they're like a dad shoe. And then no. New Balance kind of like was like, oh, they kind of like, like our shoes. So let's start like pumping out like different colors. It might get the eyes of the youth on them and that kind of thing. And also, even then, like New Balance retail is still really high, but still they resell for sometimes double. Like if you go on third third hand trading platforms like StockX, eBay, you'll be able to find them going for 500 bucks. Sometimes like even collaboration ones yeah. with JJ Jown, you'll be able to find ones that go for like thousands. Oh man. So what I should be doing is ask my dad to pull out some of his beat up old new balance, send him to you, get refurbished, and then go make some money on him. But those won't be the ones that'll be selling, I don't think, if I'm not mistaken. Like, wow. All right. Okay. What about um, what about some other sneakers right now that are, are really popular? A lot. It's not a specific sneaker. It's kind of more of a, a category. It's a lot more of like the shoes you'd never you'd never think anyone would wear. Like the like crazy colors or crazy designs. Like a lot of... Uh, Shoes have been, or uh, there's been a few collaborations with a brand called CPFM, which is Cactus Plant Flea Market. Yeah. Uh, and he did a few shoes with them. And they did a few recent ones where they had like long hair. They did one called The Grinch, where it has like Grinch like the hair. I saw those. Like, yeah, like Grinch's hair on them. And a lot of people started like shaving them off and like giving them a haircut. <laughs> And then another company, Mischief, they did a collaboration and made, or not a collaboration, sorry, they made a pair of uh, shoes like Astro Boy, like the big red boots. Yeah. They fully rubber pair of those, and they're like, have like, they're really big, but and you'd think like, oh, no one would ever wear those, but like, there's a lot of excitement around those. I saw. I saw a thing on YouTube where this guy had spent $35,000 on a pair of Nikes. I think they're called Nike mags. You'll know what I'm talking about. And he, he went out to try and destroy them. I mean, he did some stupid stuff. Like it was, it was, I've seen those videos too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's got to have a lot of money. I mean, his bank account must be, you know, out there, but what he had them rolled over, uh, through like with a, with like some street roller, he uh, set them on fire, threw oil on them. Like I don't know, I don't know what the thing was to see how they ended up holding up. But I got to be honest with you, those are. I mean, again, this is. I guess beauty is in the eye beholder. But those, those, I don't think those are good looking shoes. Or maybe you do, right? I'm aging myself right now. What do you think of those Nike mags? I I personally like them to look at. I've never worn a pair or owned a pair. Okay, but. I, I think there's definitely, I've seen definitely some people be able to pull them off, but for the average person, you're not going to be able to style them good enough. Like even the Yeezy Red Octobers, yeah, they're they're an all bright, vibrant red shoe. Yeah, like it's difficult with these more like hype shoes. They're not a lot of people wearing them and looking good. Most of them like. They don't, they don't really look good on the average person unless you know how to like style them and make them look better. So how do you style a pair of Nike mags? For some of you that aren't sure, they actually look like a, a ski boot that goes up to your, halfway up to your calf. And um, they, they look like a rocket boot almost or something out of a science fiction movie. But I, I guess if you're, you're making a statement in Hollywood and you're doing the red carpet treatment and you're a superstar, you can pull it off. What would you wear? Like, what would the your kit be wearing uh, clothes to go with those? What would you suggest? Well, I've seen some people in, like, sneaker events, like Sneaker Con and all kinds of other ones like that. And they're usually just throw on a pair of, like, light-washed denim jeans that kind of match the the gray upper material yeah as well as for those listeners who don't know they have 
uh, LED lights in them that are actually functioning where you got to like plug the shoe in. If it dies, you got to charge it up and they have LED lights on them. Yeah. Uh, as well as the more expensive ones have a self-lacing feature, but those are, those are the really expensive ones. But then usually people throw on like a, a hoodie or like a back to the future jacket because it came when they released those shoes, it came with a few, there's a few other things that they released, like the, the hoverboard. Yeah. Well, as there's some custom like fan art and stuff people usually wear for a jacket hoodie kind of thing. So the, the, the whole thing with the mags, if I'm not mistaken, there was a relationship between Back to the Future, the movie, right? With Michael J. Fox and this shoe. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. So the Nike mags were featured in Back to the Future. Yeah. I don't remember which one it was, but then it was, he put them on feet and then they had the self, they were supposed to be self-lacing, but I learned later that in the, in the actual production of the film, it was like purely a property that he just put his feet in and then someone under him pulled the laces tight. Whereas the, the new ones that are actually released, there's a 2011 and 2016 pair. Yeah. One of them has the self-lacing feature with a, automatic electronic oh. feature that tightens them <laughs> oh my word yeah that's out there that's out there all right now i'm curious getting back to your restoration business um what what do you charge for restoration i guess it, do you charge by the hour or by what the the value of the shoe like i know in some restoration businesses with comic books and stuff which is one of my things as well god i got i collect way too much way too much stuff it will be if the value of a comic book is you know like 20 grand or something they'll charge a percentage do you do something like that no that i don't do that i do like i do price by quote i have a rough idea of what i charge but sometimes there's a pair that's completely destroyed where I'd either have to say oh no I like can't do that that's not even worth fixing it's going to be worth more than the shoe yeah but then again there are those people who have a sentimental value attachment to that shoe that want to get it done no matter what but then it's usually average price works out to be 50 65 dollars for a restoration are you doing this all yourself or because your business is growing, are you um, having some people come in to help you to do some of the, you know, easier, easier things and you just take care of the more difficult and technical ends of it? How's your business related to that? I haven't actually got anyone else or for me, like I do all like the, the media and all the social media productions and all the cleanings and everything right now. Yeah. Just because like you said, like I don't, I don't trust anyone else to do the quality of work that I do. Yeah, like before I have been, I have had like a few mishaps and a few, a few pairs that have been wrecked. But since then, I've like learned and I've gathered information from other restorers who have helped me. Yes. But yeah, it hasn't been anyone who I've been able to trust to do the quality of work that I do. Oh, good for you then. Good for you. Is it is it all consuming? Because I know you're going, you're still in high school. You're looking at, we talked off mic, you're looking at university, you're looking at schools of business and in different universities. Are you going to have to cut back on your, your workload with sneakers? Or how is that going to roll for you moving forward? What I'm, well, yeah, I, I don't really, to this day, I don't really know how that's going to work. But what I'm hoping to do, what their dream would be, would be, be able to take a, a gap year and then during that gap year I'd, I'd work as hard like I just work constantly every day like a like a nine to five kind of thing with this business of course and like scale it to as far as possible maybe hire one two people so when I am out I am able to get them to keep going wow and get keep it going or an alternative would be doing that as well as setting up a, a new location sort of thing, having some supplies in wherever university I go to. So I can have two locations in Vancouver, which is where I'm currently based out of. And then 
wherever the other one is. Wow. What about um, what the income? Do you mind sharing that, or do you you're not comfortable? Like, what what's your income? Yeah, that? no, it's well. There's a lot. There's a lot of money in the restorations. Just because even I was talking to a, a client the other day, he was saying like, "Oh, you're the only one in BC." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. There's no one that I know of from BC to Toronto that does restorations. No one." Wow. There's a person who does like a cleaning, but like it's not it's not that good. And then they don't have like the soul swaps and the full regrues. But there's no one in between me and Toronto that do this. Wow, so you've cornered the market. You've got you've got the niche. Like you and you you've done good stuff because people are coming back to you. Right? That's the mark of a great business when you've got the repeat customers, right? Yeah. And then there's a there's a few guys I know in the southern southern states, but even then, that's a bit further than Toronto. It just like it just shows like how saturated the sneaker reselling market is, yeah, and how like not saturated and untapped other aspects of the sneakers are. Like there's there's I've seen people be selling spots in line. Like they would get they would hire someone however many bucks an hour or just like a hundred bucks to go sit in line for a few hours for a shoe. And then that person just comes and takes their spot. Like I've seen like people do that and like not a lot of people do that, but there's a lot of money to be made. It's just looking at it with your creative side and looking, okay, there's a highly saturated market in this area, but the branches of that area, who is doing what and where can I, best put my creativity to use okay do you think it's a do you think the sneaker thing is a fad that's going to come and go or do you think it's here to stay i think it's going to be here to stay like no matter what 10 20 years in the future there's going to be some sort of sneaker reselling limited quantities whether it's like designer or whatever comes up in the future yeah it's always going to be that small group of people even big group of people that always want the newest, latest release. And then that, that group of people would sell it out and then force regular consumers to go to those third party or those resellers to get that. So I always think there will be some sort of reselling, some sort of appreciation around any kind of shoe. So in the meantime, you're making thousands of dollars on on this business, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Do you see, as an example, uh, this sneaker, the whole sneaker thing, do you think that it's becoming such a profitable thing that there'll be people going into the business that may not know what they're doing? Like, do you see, in other words, do you, do you end up seeing people that are jumping in that really don't know what they're doing and, um, I guess, causing a problem in the market at all? Yeah, I know. I know of one other guy who does some like basic cleaning kind of things, and then I think uh, a new shop opened up downtown in uh, in Granville Island area. Yeah, I think those those two. I haven't checked out the Granville Island area, but the other guy, I know he his like cleanings aren't aren't that good either that or his media production isn't very good to the point where i can't really see a big difference between the before and afters got it got it here's something interesting and i was just actually my wife pointed it out to me she went through the paper i'm not even sure if you're you again if you're aware of this that uh in port moody apparently some of the highest and most expensive sneakers have changed hands in port moody bc throughout North America. And apparently there's collectors in Port Moody that have got such a high, you know, stock of inventory that a lot of NBA players are now reaching out to BC to purchase, you know, these shoes and stuff. Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. I will look into that. Thanks for letting me know. But I have heard of a lot of higher end, like celebrity types coming we're reaching out to people in BC. There's uh, one guy in Vancouver who sells vintage 85 
Jordan ones who sold them to like Kevin Hart, Kevin Durant, a few other celebrities. But yeah, I have seen a lot of people or a few people in poor Moody who have quite a collectible, quite a collectible pairs that are going for a lot now. Now I'd asked you that um, before in episode 85, but um, is there anything more about having restoration done on a sneaker? Let's say you've got an old sneaker that's, you know, 40 years old vintage and you restore it and it looks like new. Is there anything with regard to the value of the sneaker because it's been restored as opposed to being original? Because in many other things, and I, I remember talking about it before, if you're talking about comic books or sports cards, if there's any restoration done, it's actually, it, it, there's still valuable, but there's a considerable drop in price because of the restoration, not original stuff. Has that hit the sneaker market yet? Or if you get it restored, it looks awesome. It's worth more money. How does that rule? Well, it's kind of a, it, it's not a, it's not a black or white kind of thing. Like I think the cards, it's, you have to, if there's like a rip or a chip in the corner, you have to get a different kind of paper and kind of repair it that way. Whereas like the sneakers, you get all of her, well, specifically me, you get all of your parts and stuff like that from authentic shoes and shoes that are from a similar era. Got so they would have that the same, if not similar kind of look to them. Whereas like other like kind of restorations like the cards, it would make the paper like, may not be the same and that will destroy the value but like for a pair of like soul swapping a pair of like 1985 jordan ones you'd have to you wouldn't be able to get an 85 pair because either whatever whatever shoe comes from 85 is a jordan one goes for thousands of dollars no matter what yeah but there's a few retro releases that jordan brand has done that have a similar pattern on the outsole okay a lot of 85 restorers use for their restorations. But if you were to use a, a sole from today, any any true old head 85 guru would look, would be able to quickly notice, like, oh, no, that's that's not the right sole. But for the general value, like, most people, most people get a shoe cleaned and restored because it'll be able to sell more. Because the oxidization, like the yellowing, that's just a, a reversible a reversible thing. It's not a, like a lot of pairs have it, some pairs don't. So yeah, it definitely boosts the value of a pair of shoes. Okay, good to know. Actually, that the oxidization, like that yellowing, that, um, that's almost collectible. Like that's a look I've seen, isn't it with the, the I think it's the, the Jordan 4s, they're coming out with, I think it's the fours. Is it the threes? They're coming That's up. A three. It is the threes. Yeah, and they're, the the look is they want that oxidization look, right? That's kind of the yeah, collectible thing. That that's a kind of a wave Jordan Brand has hopped on now. Is that kind of vintage, lost and found kind of look? Which there's actually a pair of Jordan ones that that's called the Lost and Found. Yes. It's meant to have that cracking leather. It has a a box with a mismatched lid. It's supposed to look like it's been found in the back of a shoe store, in the back of a sports store, yeah. And they just got found, hence the name Lost and Found. But they're starting to come out with a, like the Jordan 3s, which I actually had a client come to me and like, oh, I have a pair of, because they're off of the white cement 3s, the yeah. 88, 88 ones, the Nike Air back tabs. Yeah. And someone came to me and they're like, oh, can you color match the midsole and make it like look vintage and I was like yeah sure and I had to try to find someone who has a pair because they don't release until April May I think yes and I had to find a try to find someone who can like give me some sort of tell of how cream it is how yellow it is because I had really no idea other than a picture wow. and every picture I can find online it looks slightly different so it was hard to color match it from there but then, yeah, they're rolling out, uh, I think, Jordan 3 black cements as well as Jordan th Jordan 1 black toes. Like, they're they're hopping on this line of beat-up kind of looking shoes. Yeah. But what I hope doesn't happen is that they just release every, 
every shoe that they've ever done kind of thing and just do that that way it'll just become way too saturated i like i like the few that they have done i just don't want them to overdo it yeah no i hear what you're saying i i understand it's it's funny because again off mic when we were talking so i found a pair of old now puma certainly is not is it collectible like is there a, a collectability to all sneakers like even puma yeah, I think I think they've done a few collaborations that have been collectible, and then of course when you get to like the older, older pairs, people like older heads, older old heads would just be like, oh, that's just like a nice shoe to have. But there's not too much resale value in them. Got it. But collectability, there are people who appreciate those old shoes, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I mean, the the story is kind of funny. So I found I just found in the back of my closet an old pair that I bought in 1983, right? I haven't worn them probably in about 20 years. So, but, they, but I wore them for 20 years. And I didn't wear them for 20 years. So I brought them out. The laces were all wrecked. And, you know, they, they were like uh, yellowed. And, and so went and bought some product, cleaned them. Uh, couldn't clean all the yellow, like the, the you know, the fading on, on the shoes. But suede did a good job. They were suede and black. And... Um, changed the laces, put some new laces in. I thought, oh, they look pretty good. So I thought something different. So I went and tried on a pair of shoes at a local shoe store. So I was looking at some other kicks. And the guy offered me money for these old beaten up shoes. And I started laughing at him. I said, you're serious? He goes, yeah, how about if I take half the price of you know the, the shoes that I was looking at? They were actually Jordan mids, uh, Jordan 1 mids. Um, and he says, you throw in these. And I looked, I, I was so funny. I go, no, no, it's okay. And, and at, fr at first I thought, yeah, for sure. And then I thought, you know what? These have kind of a sentimental value and I'm going to keep them. So, you know, that's my first foray in maybe being a reseller, you know, selling these old beat up shoes. But I guess things are collectible, right? What was old is new again. And uh, it's a whole new wave. So it's pretty cool. What's your go-to shoe? What's your shoe? Like, what do you like? Well, I kind of have... I don't really have many personal shoes that I wear just because, yeah, like yeah, they're expensive. They're going to go down in value if you wear them a lot. Yeah. But I have two that I wear a lot, which is a neutral gray Lowe's, which was a retro of the 85 ones, which is supposed to look like the natural grays, which was the 1985 release. Okay. And, and a pair of uh, 1995 Jordan 11 Concords. I, I like those because it has the midsole is, or the sole is supposed to be this bluish tint clear sole. Yeah. But as these are from 1995, they're basically orange, and I, I love I like that look on them a lot. And even the upper mesh material is supposed to be this coke white, and it's it has this like nice patina to it, just like a lot of watch collectors would want like a patina on their watch a lot of a lot of sneaker heads would like like that patina kind of look and the vintage look is really desirable nowadays so you talk about patina you're talking about the the yellowing like the aging of the sneaker right yeah very cool is there any trend out there with the sneakers because you're so involved in business that you just don't get like in other words you see something and you go really as far as sneakers go and you just, you don't understand why the collectability or is it all to you? It's all like, you know, these are, these are pretty cool. It all kind of makes sense. Like one way or another, whether it's like everyone is bashing a pair of shoes and they're like, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. No matter what, everyone's doing it. So there's some sort of hype and drive around it. So some sort of people are going to scoop all the pairs up and then create that resale market for those so i think there's definitely like everything kind of makes sense to me but to the average person they won't get it at all and that's spoken like a true businessman way to way to continue with your client list on isolate anybody you know <laughs> well done um one company is it nike that's at the forefront and always will be at the forefront or do you see another company coming up with some cool product that we should be looking out for? I think, yeah, Nike has kind of taken a significant stand in the market. There has, there is other companies like Adidas and 
Adidas, Yeezys, and uh, New Balances that have a, a percentage of that kind of market cap. Yeah. But Nike definitely has majority and significant market cap on that. They just have so many. They have the Jordan collection. They have the Dunks, all their specifically Nike running shoes. They have they have a really big audience that captivates the specific sneaker reselling market. There are the companies, like Adidas is a big company. They do sell a lot. They do have a big big fan base kind of thing. But definitely Nike has the biggest reseller reseller minded sneaker heads around around their company and looking to get their shoes. What about some of these other companies? They've actually been around and people aren't aware of them. And there's a, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, there's a company called uh, Superstar Sneakers. Is that correct? Did I, are you aware of that company? They've got, they, yeah, I've heard of that one. They've got, I saw, I went online. They've got, it kind of, they kind of look like uh, Nike Air Force, but they got a giant star on the side. And, oh yeah, okay. And they're super expensive, like, People are paying like eight hundred to eighteen hundred dollars for a pair of shoes. They're nice looking, but they look like someone just jazzed up a pair of you know Nike Air Force, right? And uh, yeah, they're but they're they're mm-hmm. selling, right? Like they're selling yeah. big time, right? Are there some yeah, other they're... are there some other lines that you know of other than like Nike or Adidas or any of the big guys that are out there that are pretty popular? Yeah, there are a few companies that like I. Ape, which is a company based out of Japan, I believe. They have a pair of shoes called the Bapestas, and they they look similar to Air Forces, Nike Air Force Ones. Okay. And there's actually a, a lawsuit going on right now between Nike is suing Bape for like taking their design and their patented design on the Air Force One. And a lot of com- there's a few companies out there, even smaller, small businesses that have taken the silhouette of like a Nike Dunk and put like a different thing for the swoosh right. and made it like their own. But then even then, it still kind of looks like a Nike Dunk. So people go, "Oh, those are like Nike, like custom Nike Dunks," right. and they still think they're a Nike pair, but really they're just whole spin-off of their own thing well this company that i mentioned the superstar the thing that i'm surprised at is because superstar actually is a name and it's been around for 50 years of um you know the uh, the shell toe with the adidas right adidas superstar and that's been out since i was a kid those were the go-to back in the early 70s late yeah early 70s and i can't believe that they got away with that name I, I, you know i would sure there'd be some litigation with regard to naming rights and things but they seem to be going that way all right if we move away from shoes are there clothes now that are collectible because that whole genre right the shoes and the the outfits that go with it are there there you know t-shirts hoodies that are collectible as well yeah there's definitely that market as well there's a lot of sneaker sellers who would sell a pair like sell some apparel as well like a few brands like uh gallery department uh and supreme have definitely some more desirable collectible pair uh, apparel that they have yeah but also supreme after being bought out they kind of they fell off a little bit especially like after even before prior to the buyout they were kind of on a downwards trend, but they do some, some of their pairs, some of their apparel still does sell out and still desirable by some people, but it was nothing like the, the hype when it was 2016, 17, where you can get like a Supreme hoodie for lowest, like 600 bucks, 800 bucks when the retail was 180, 200. Right. Well, Nor- didn't North Face buy out Supreme? Is that correct? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if it was North Face or the, a different company, but they've done a few collaborations with North Face, think, and those those have gone for quite a bit of money. I think North Face. I, 
don't think yeah. it was North Face that bought them out. Yeah, and the I think that the sell uh, selling point was like two point two billion dollars. Like it was crazy, and yeah, it was massive. It was like the and the fellow that started Supreme Supreme actually wasn't it like a skater thing originally it was like a skate shop that was selling products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was meant to be a, a skate shop for people in New York, and they still do like sell like skateboards and skateboard trucks, but they kind of slowly evolved onto apparel, hoodies, random accessories. But they did, yeah, they did start as a specific skateboard shop. Okay, yeah. Can you imagine you start that out as a small business, and you end up selling? I'm sure well, they. they got huge but selling out for billions of dollars like wow incredible all right you've got somebody that's into sneakers they're a novice collector any advice for them with regard to where purchase because i'm still at the high schools and there's kids that just don't have you know the financing to to purchase some of the upper end we're upper end sneakers and stuff like you know if we're selling them especially retail the kids can manage but the reseller market is crazy. Any advice for them? Like where to go to? Where's the best deals? Or how do they source out shoes that they want? What, what would you suggest? What would you tell them? Yeah, there's a few different routes you can go down. Definitely Facebook is a really good way of finding local stuff. Whether you're joining a Facebook group where you can just search up like sneaker Facebook groups, Vancouver, and you'll find a bunch of them or even Canada-wide sneaker groups. But even Facebook Marketplace, checking for used pair of shoes or and the new Nike Dunks, whatever you're kind of looking for, you'll find a lot of that. A lot of stuff that people sell would be on Instagram Instagram okay. and Facebook. Okay. And yeah, Instagram, it would be another one. It's a little bit harder to find, find the resellers because you can't just search for sneaker resellers in Vancouver. You'll have to know kind of what what username and they have but there are a few other few larger people like myself in vancouver that do the reselling and i have plenty of connections if they're looking for a specific shoe that i'd be able to find but yeah definitely facebook groups and other chat groups like that and ebay even ebay ebay has some it's kind of it more more or less like facebook but on an international scale where you can get stuff from anywhere from like the US to like Australia and find kind of anything you're looking for. It's a more broader market. And then there's, of course, StockX, which is a good pinpoint to find price ranges. Although I personally wouldn't buy off of StockX just because their transaction fees and all that is too high. Right. That it just makes the shoe worth so much more or it makes you spend so much more than the shoe is worth. But yeah, definitely stay away from buying off of StockX, but it's a good way of checking price points and making sure that a pair is reasonably priced according to market. Yeah, good information. I bought, actually I have bought off StockX, and you're right, the, the, the import and everything else was killer. I wanted the shoes uh, in the worst way, and I did, you know, I don't regret it, but I certainly won't be purchasing another pair from there having said that wait watch this i'll see something else i go oh i gotta have that but ebay i agree ebay was awesome the only thing about ebay i found you probably are aware of as well it's just the import i think i it's usually on a pair of sneakers the import duty if it's coming from the states is probably about 40 bucks so you gotta you know throw that on but if you you can get just about any kicks at all on ebay and there there are some good prices and people negotiate so. Mm-hmm. And eBay's really good because they recently did a like an authentication service. Yes, they do. So similar, similar to StockX, but more reliable than StockX is you. It works similar to StockX. It, you'd uh, the seller, for example, I would be selling a pair of shoes. I would sell it on eBay. You would bid. I would accept your bid, and then I would ship it to eBay. Yeah. They would authenticate it, and then they would dispatch it and ship it to to you with an eBay authentication tag, which is, it's pretty, it's a good way of making sure your shoes are real. And that's another thing when it comes to like the Facebook marketplace, it's for the average person, you're not going to be able to tell a replica from 
Yeah. But for other like sneakerheads and enthusiasts like myself, you'd be able to tell pretty quickly. And there are ways of, there are applications and like services you can pay for that actually get your stuff checked within like five, 30 minutes kind of thing. If you're wanting to know, but other than that, it's, you'd have to have the know-how to be able to check the shoe. Are the, the, the reps, the reproductions, some of them are pretty good, aren't they? Like, I mean, for the, the average person looking, you can't really tell. I mean, especially if they're on your feet. Some are pretty, you, you would have seen that in the, in the business, of course. What do you think of that? What do you think of reproductions? Because it keeps the cost low. If somebody doesn't have a lot of coin to throw it on a five $600 pair of sneakers, they get a reproductions and you can't really tell. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really care if someone wears reps or real. The problem I have when it comes to it is that is passing off the fakes as real, whether you're selling them or you're wearing them. Yeah. Like if someone bought a pair of fakes, and I, I know they're a pair of fakes, it's obvious. And then I tell them, like, you know, like, nice ones, where would you like get those ones? And then, and then they try to get defensive and tell me that they're real. It's like, no, it's like, those just are tell me that it's fine no one really it doesn't really matter yeah you don't have the money sure not a problem get the fakes because that they have gotten to a point where they're some of them are are really close to what the real ones look like and it's kind of getting it's getting a little scary because and you never know in a few few years time they may be almost identical and then we'll have a problem with finding the authentic ones from the real from the fake ones yeah, and that we're talking about not just millions, but billions of dollars with regard to profit, because obviously the the whole licensing you're you're creating a reproduction and passing them off as the real thing, you know that's uh, that's going to be a, a difficult thing to do. You've got somebody that's got a pair of sneakers and they may not have the the ability to, to send them to someone like you who by the way is extremely well priced you'll do an awesome job they want to try and clean up their sneakers themselves go-to products on the market like i've seen at at foot locker um at champs uh at amazon is there a go-to product for you like as far as just cleaning the shoes that you use and a spray oh yeah when it comes to the cleaning it gets a it gets a little tricky because some of the materials you're working with and that's where the, the know-how and knowledge comes from. Okay. Some of the materials you're working with, like if it's a really high quality leather or suede, it'll bleed color if you use water on it. So you can't use water. You'd have to use a dry brush and different dry methods like that. But go to like at the end of the day, soap is soap. Okay. Some, some soaps do work better than others. They're the Foot Locker one, the ones you can get at Foot Locker, the crep ones, they're not bad. There's other ones from different companies, like even like small companies that have really good, really good soaps and stuff like that. Like there's one in the States that I know of that's really, really desirable by a lot of sneaker stores that are, that are starting to hop on that like wave, like staying away from, there's a few big companies that do it. Uh, Rejuvenator, Crap, they have a lot of, they have a significant following and they have a bunch of, supplies and stuff but there's definitely when it comes to the restoring there's tools and techniques are better than the actual solutions you use like those soaps and stuff like that like the different brushes the different like soft medium stiff bristle brush brass bristle brush and then specifically taking care of suede is a i think a, a problem a lot of people have just because when they get the suede they'd probably just like throw it in the wash or or just soak it in water which i personally i've done just because a shoe was so bad that it it warranted that wow but if if anyone was going to do that i wouldn't recommend that at all yeah you'd have to do it a dry brush method with a like a medium bristle brush and kind of go go do it that way because when you when you do like soak that shoe in water it just bleeds color everywhere and it looks patchy you get watermarks yeah you kind of just your shoe good advice good advice laces laces look uh beaten up over a period of months in some cases years do you have a a supplier that you go to for laces or you know any 
anything works when you go onto Amazon? What's your uh, what's your go to for that? I don't have a specific place I go to. There are tons of places you can go check out. Whether it's like AliExpress, eBay. There's also a few places that have the higher end laces, like uh, loop laces. They have ones with like metal tips on them, wax laces. Like, and then there's companies like Foxtrot Uniforms that have the 85 looking ones, like the faded color. There's a lot of ways you can go down that. There's not a specific one. It's kind of whatever style you're kind of looking for or what, what color budget you're kind of looking for. There's no specific one that's okay. better than the other when it comes to laces. Okay, good information. You know what, Spencer? This, is, this has been awesome. I've actually really looking i was really looking forward to this just to get caught up and find out how your business was going and it sounds like it's going awesome and it's not surprising i mean i know the quality of the work that you do um, in addition to that just for my own thing because i am a bit of a sneaker head not to the extent of some people but i've got yeah i've got a few my wife just for valentine's day when i was at school built shelves so i could display my sneakers and stuff in the closet which is very cool which is very kind of her to do so you know, I'm looking at it and she says, you really are a sneakerhead. And I go, yeah, I guess I'm kind of going that direction as well. Very quickly, give your, uh, give your business a plug. Where can people, I will, I will post this, by the way, on my Instagram site. Uh, awesome conversation. But where can people get a hold of you? And where can they see your product and all that stuff? Yes, I mainly do my business off of Instagram. Uh, you can get me at untouched underscore collection on Instagram. As well as I do have some followers on Facebook as well but mainly through Instagram that's where I do most of the posting of my work and all of my most of my clients come through Instagram okay great and once again I would not uh, you know I, I would not promote you if I didn't believe that you know you're one of the best at what you do so if we've got some listeners out there from wherever you are you want some sneakers restored you're interested in some kicks that you can't find or just some advice uh, Spencer's your man Take a look at his uh, Instagram site. Take a look at his work, and I'm sure that you'll agree. Spencer, appreciate it. Always enjoy talking to you, and uh, all the best moving forward. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Mr. Zaki. You take care, buddy. You too. Bye. Well, that'll be it for another episode, and I hope you enjoyed this one because I sure did. And I'd like to thank Spencer once again for coming on and, and talking about his business and how successful he's become and getting us caught up in the latest trends in the sneaker world. We'll see you back here in two weeks. This is Dave Rizicki with Nathan Rivers. Thanks so much for joining us. So please, until then, take care, be well, and as always, peace.